Hello everyone! For those who don't know, I am Araminta. I am aware I haven't been participating a lot in the past few months on the podcast, but I'm back! I am going to start contributing again. The past few months have been pretty crazy here in Malaysia, been quite busy, good busy, good stuff. But I'm back, and with this episode, with Jonathan, who interviewed me about a month ago. He has his own podcast called Joni Talks, and I got some good feedback. So I asked Jonathan, can we publish it on our podcast? And he said, sure. In this episode, I talk with Jonathan about what I'm doing here in Malaysia as a freelancer, some personal finance tips for 20-something-year-olds, and my theories and my career testing that I'm doing at the moment and career exploration. I thought it was a very interesting conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Jonathan, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. Welcome to the Financial Independence Europe podcast, where we interview people from all 44 European countries, all of them, about optimizing your life, geo-arbitrage, and making the most of your money. This was your hosts, Alvar, Arminta, and Matthias. Hello, Araminta. How are you doing today? Hello, Jonathan. I'm great, thank you, here in Kuala Lumpur. Wow, fantastic. Then, uh, yeah, very interesting having guests from all over the world here on the show. How how many, what's the time difference? I think we, it was six hours, right? Uh, Yes, six hours. It's ten past three right now. So, afternoon. Okay, okay. uh, Very good. So, what are you actually doing in uh, Kuala Lumpur? So I'm here uh, freelancing. Mm-hmm. I am a freelance fintech copywriter and I have a couple of clients here in Kuala Lumpur. I enjoy working abroad. So this opportunity came up kind of mostly by chance, mm-hmm. but turns out Kuala Lumpur is the sec- my second favorite city I've ever lived in. I love it here. So I'll probably stay a little longer. I was going to only stay three months, but I'll probably stay six. And from there we'll see. Uh, I'm just, uh, well, we'll touch on this later, but I am... Um, career testing, career exploring, career building. And this is just one of the stepping stones here. Oh, that's interesting. And I've never been to Malaysia. I've been to Singapore a few times. Mm-hmm. I'd, lo- I'd love to, to come. So we'll uh, definitely grab a drink when I'm, if I'm visiting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course. Okay, excellent. And um, okay, so I bet yourself you're not Malaysian. Uh, where are you from? I am Scottish, so I was born in Scotland, uh, Mm -hmm. but I grew up uh, and spent most of my life in Spain, in Barcelona. My mom is Spanish, and uh, yeah, but English is my first language, and I write and I talk mostly in English. Okay, okay. So yeah, Araminta and I got connected through uh, social media, and uh, what I saw is that she uh, was she has a mission of helping people in their twenties managing their money. Although it might not be her uh, main occupation, as you could hear right now, I still thought it would be interesting to have her on the show uh, since we are focusing on personal finance here. Um, and maybe you can tell a little bit of how you get started to write uh, on the blog, um, Araminta? Yes, of course. This started, I was very young when this, when I discovered this world, I was 18 and I read the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is probably well known amongst the personal finance uh, community. I read it and I realized that I knew nothing about money. I really didn't. 
And I also understood from this book that if I was financially educated, if I understood how money worked, my life would be sorted out. Mm -hmm. uh, this is kind of what I thought. But I realized I know nothing about money. How am I going to teach myself? So I started reading a lot of books. I started writing. Writing is a good way to process what you're learning. You need to really understand a topic mm -hmm. in order to write about it properly. Exactly. So I started this blog to teach myself pretty much about investing, about taxes, about property, about budgeting. And slowly it built, I, I built it up and I realized I could also help other 20 year olds or at the time 19, 20 year olds, people who are just getting started with university, just young adults in general. Mm -hmm. I thought that I could also write articles and help them out at the same time with everything that I was reading. So Financially Mint really started as this blog to educate myself and then help others. And then also as a way to explore my own theories about career, about money management, and a great way to communicate with others, uh, join a community which is extremely you know, supportive and interesting, the personal finance community, the financial independence community. And since then, I've, it's been amazing. I've attended so many meetups. I started a podcast with two friends. We organized a four-day conference in Portugal earlier this year. So I really immersed myself in this world thanks to okay. this blog and podcast. And uh, and here I am. Now it's kind of part of my life as my job, well, as my work. Yeah, well, that, that's impressive. And uh, it's funny that it started with having questions, get them, mm. you get into the research. And then finally, you based on your research and your readings, you share it with others and then it becomes part of your life. That's it. I really like it is. that. Yeah. Okay. Through that, I kind of discovered my love for fintech mm -hmm. uh, or financial education in general, financial education. And this is pretty much how I started doing what I am doing now. I was writing on this blog and these other bloggers got in contact with me and said, you know, uh, we're happy to pay you to write about this, to help me do that. So I started doing some freelance work for other bloggers. This eventually snowballed into working with bigger clients. I worked uh, for a startup in Barcelona about on financial education, and I loved it. And now my clients are mainly fintech startups in, mm -hmm. well, in the US, in the UK, in Malaysia. So it's quite funny, as you say, starting from 18, it kind of just followed this weird journey. And now I make my money doing this. Uh, and I'm quite, it's, I like it. It's very interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, the thing is, the funny thing is, okay, I started a bit later with uh, getting into personal finance. I started the blog almost three years ago. So, but I have a similar path, uh, kind of, you know, started to, I want to get to know it by myself. I want to, uh, let's say, refine my theories, write about it, process it, and then share with others. It's a bit a similar journey. So that's, uh, that's why it's interesting to me to hear this. And of course, uh, yeah, my main uh, idea with inviting you here is to, um, since you're focusing, I mean, since you were focused in your 20s on um, uh, yeah, managing money, uh, I was uh, wanting to hear about your, um, yeah, your uh, theories, your, um, your tips for people in their 20s. You know, like, let's say I have a sister in, uh, that is 22. How should she go about starting managing her money? Well, what should she do? Is there any ways to get started? Yes. Yeah, so really the, the number one thing that I realized when I started educating myself about money was that being in control of your money means that you don't have to worry about it because most of the people in the world, money takes control of them. We work so that we can earn money, so mm -hmm. that we can put food on the table, et cetera, et cetera. It takes over our lives. It stresses us out, et cetera. So when I understood that if I could get this thing under control and not worry about it, I will have enough headspace, enough 
space in my mind to focus on what really matters, which is career, which is friends, which is family, health, life in general. So being in control of your money allows you to have the mental space to focus on life, which is why it's important, in my opinion, to have it under control. So I, I'm not saying you want it to take over your entire life. You don't want it to... Uh, to be every single day thinking about how do I make, how do I save money? It's mm -hmm. more, okay, how do I figure it out, put it to one side, and then focus on what really matters. So your sister, for example, it's quite in, on, on the first page, on the main page of my website, I have this kind of four-step thing, which is it's pretty simple. It's just uh, some ideas, mm -hmm. but uh, it starts with budgeting, which is basically just having like a mental picture of your financial health. And the number one thing that I talk about here is saving, uh, paying yourself first, uh, which means always having, setting a percentage of your income and giving it like paying it to yourself. This is money for your debt, for investing, for savings. I think this was my biggest takeaway from reading Ristat Purdad and a lot of these other personal finance books mm -hmm. is that when you allocate a certain percentage to yourself and you take that money, the minute you get it in your bank account, this money is yours. This is money for your financial health, right? So this is the number one thing in budgeting. I Honestly, I don't even budget like nitty gritty stuff. I just make sure to take out my 15%, my 20%. Mm -hmm. I set that aside and the rest of the money, I, I'm pretty, ch I, I kind of, I track obviously, but I'm not like every penny, you know, oh, I don't want to spend more than 50 euros or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just mm -hmm. make sure to take out that first percentage out and the rest, you know, I'll, I'll deal with it. Yeah, but that's, so that's, uh, that's a great tip because it's uh, something I wrote about and it's brain, it, it removes your brain space because you... You get uh, whatever your salary, you take those 10, 15% away, you never see them. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, uh, you don't think about it. And it, and it gets uh, stashed away in, uh, and it grows on the side without you thinking about it. And that's uh, very important. And it's a very effective uh, method to, to start saving. And then you can, okay, do whatever you want with it, invest or whatever. But at least to get this habit, it's essential. And I think most personal finance articles I've seen, at least on this one, they all agree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For sure. You just put that away and you don't have to worry. I mean, these are your financial goals. You don't yeah. have to worry. Mm -hmm. Oh, I need to save this. You're already doing it automatically. Exactly. So then uh, number two is saving money. This, uh, I don't focus, for me, it's more reduce as much you can mm -hmm. the mandatory bills. So the bills like rent, the bills that are you have to pay whether you like or not, just try to make them as low as possible, like without obviously restricting yourself. But, you know, Try not to have any waste there. Make sure you pay yourself first. And that's then you don't have to worry about, you know, am I spending too much on rent? Am I spending too much on um, phone yeah, bills, etc. <laughs> yeah. Well, coffee is more, that's not a mandatory bill. That's more what my wants are, yeah, which is correct. something different. Mm -hmm. And I'm not someone who believes in cutting out all the coffees. It's more understanding what your priorities are. So if you are paying yourself first, if you've got enough money for rent and you're doing everything else okay, then a coffee now and then is okay. So it's not about, it's about, you know, how much do you value Yeah, being mindful about what you, you spend your money on. Huh? Yeah, exactly, okay. pretty much. Very good. And then the third step, which is the, the step that everyone, you know, uh, loves or is most interested in is making money. So... In many other personal finance websites or books, 
this is the section where everyone starts talking about side hustles and making as much money as you can, pretty mm-hmm. much. But from the point of view of a 20-year-old, I've taken a different approach. And I argue kind of something different, which is that don't try and make as much money as you can in your 20s. Actually, don't. Focus on something else, which is your career. Focus on finding a career that fits you best. Mm -hmm. Simply because in your 20s, your potential to make money isn't very high. You don't have many skills. Your portfolio is small. You don't have a network. So your potential is low. Instead, focus on building those three things, which I not I, but um, this organization, a really cool organization, and I agree with what they say. They call it career capital, which is skills, portfolio, and connections. Mm -hmm. In your 20s, this is very small. So focus on growing that. And then in your 30s, 40s, your potential will be much higher. And then you'll be able to make much more money. So the making money part... You're taking a more of a long-term view, if I see that. uh, Yeah. Yeah. I would call it invest in yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Invest in yourself early on. And it will come later. So there are a few things that are that come into this. So, for example, the question then is, you know, how do I invest in myself? How do I find a career that fits me best? How do I figure out which are the skills that I need to build? And I write a lot about this on uh, Financially Mint. This is something I really enjoy exploring. And I always want to say that this is a theory. I'm not saying, you know, do it. I'm just saying this is what I think, uh, because everyone, you know, this applies differently to every single person. So. What I believe in is in exploring career paths before committing to one. Mm-hmm. Same with university. For committing to university, explore the different subjects. Investigate. Treat your career like a scientist, testing different hypotheses. What is it that I really, what fits my, my interests and my needs best? So there are a few ways of doing this. For example, this is the, the 80,000 hours organization. They talk a lot about this. But you start by kind of making a list of 10 to 15 career paths that you'd be interested in following. Mm -hmm. You then investigate, you research, you talk to people in those careers, and you try and uh, reduce it to three to five, three to five career paths. And those three to five career paths are the ones that you're going to test. And how do you test them? Internships, uh, doing the actual job, Mm -hmm. talking to people. So that's the part that I call exploration, which is just exploring these different uh, careers. But the thing is that a lot of people then say, okay, but it doesn't make much sense because then you're just hopping around from one career to another. You just sound like a typical millennial that doesn't know what they want. <laughs> True. But which is why it's very important, the second part of the equation, which is building career capital. So you don't want to just be jumping from one internship to another yeah, you want to or take from one job you. to another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes, you want to take something with you. What are those things you want to take with you? Three things that I said before. A portfolio, skills, and network. So every time you try a new uh, career, you have a new career test, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure this career is helping you build your portfolio, which means building your experience. You want to make sure this career is teaching teaching you new skills. And thirdly, you want this career to uh, help you make connections with interesting people or your network. And there's a fourth thing, actually, which is you want this career to be to allow you to save 15% of your income. So you still want to be able to be, so I'm not saying make as much money as you can, but say make enough that you can still save a portion. Because if you are 
uh, on an extremely strict budget, then, you know, life is just gets difficult and you still want to be saving for your future. Yeah, so, so these are kind of mm -hmm. you're right, building uh, foundations for for your future in the terms of career and money. But I mean, the focus is more on building the foundation. That's the that's yeah. how I see it. I mean, that's how I understand it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm very big on skills, so I talk a lot about building transferable skills. Mm -hmm. So uh, not only do you want to build skills for your portfolio, uh, sorry, for your career, but also skills that you can transfer from one, one career industry, to another. Yeah, career. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So meta skills. An example. Well, there's two kinds of skills that I'm talking about here. Skills that uh, you can master to earn a side income, which is helpful if you're struggling with money mm -hmm. or if you just want to build your skills once again. So an examples would be translation, teaching, programming, digital marketing, design and writing. Those are just examples. And then meta skills, which are kind of skills that you can transfer from one industry to another would be also some of these, you know, digital marketing and writing, leadership, Communication. General communication. Yeah, these are other meta skills that are also important when you're uh, building, as you said, your foundation when it comes to career. So I, I really put a priority on investing on yourself so that then in the future you have more leverage and it's much easier for you to, to make money and therefore invest money and then do whatever you want with it, buy a house, retire early, etc. Yeah, that's very interesting. And um, do you also have views, for example, because my uh, audience might be a bit older than their 20s, if let's say you're 32, 33, and you realize, wow, I'm listening to Araminta here on the Johnny Talks podcast, <laughs> great tips, but I'm already 32 or 35. Uh, what can I still do about it? Is, is there any way to catch up or what, what should I do? Well, it, it depends on your career. It depends mm -hmm. if you're satisfied with your career. This is definitely not a theory that applies only to 20-year-olds. Mm -hmm. Career is something that's always evolving. It's a work in progress. It's not like at 20, you decide, okay, I'm going to be this and I'm going to stick with that forever. No, it's constantly evolving. You're constantly learning something new about yourself, about the world, about the careers. So even if you're 35, 40, you can still do some career testing. Yes, maybe uh, retraining or something like that isn't something you want to, so you have to be realistic about it. So when I said you do your 10 to 15 career a list of 10 to 15 careers, mm -hmm. and then you break it down to three to five, you also are allowed to be realistic and say, right, I'm not going to go back to university if I need a degree. So I'm going to cross that career, path, that career path out. So you write a list of three to five careers that are realistic for you in your 30s or 40s or, mm -hmm. or whatever it is. And then you test those out. That could be sim as simple as just talking to someone who has that job and asking them, look, meeting them for coffee, coffee and saying, yeah, yeah. how easy is, is it for me to maybe get the job that you have or get into that industry? So it's just about constant investigation, constant research, constant trying new things. The only thing is that at 20, obviously, you have way more options. Because exactly. At 35, it will require more efforts and more maybe training or reorienting exactly. will look weird <laughs> for the HR people, but it's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's again, what are your, if you really dislike your job, then... Mm -hmm. You know, you maybe you have no other option, right? If it's it's all about trying to figure out what fits you best. Yeah. It's not about, you know, removing everything and starting from zero. You don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. But it's by experimenting and trying a lot of different things that you can figure out. Maybe, okay, so I don't really like being an engineer, but maybe if I build a transferable skill as digital marketing, I can 
try and start a blog for engineers and learn how to market myself and then start courses and then teach other engineers or, or students. It's it's all about trying to look from a different perspective, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to, you know, building these different skills. And then I have just another question, because let's say I'm an IT engineer, uh, which mm-hmm. I'm not, but okay, I'm just a fictive scenario. I'm, mm-hmm. uh, I love I love programming. I love my career. I love my company. They pay me low, but I see there's possibilities. Should I work my um, Should I work my butt off to to climb the corporate ladder if I'm 22, let's say, uh, because I love it, but but as well I want to build a good future. What what can I do? I, I don't want to explore anymore. I, I know I, I want to be in programming and in finance in technical uh, environment all the time. You're saying the problem is that you're not making enough money. Yeah, exactly. You're not making enough money. Should I work 12 hours a day? Should I? What should I do in order to build my uh, my income and to still stick with my career? Because I found my way. I found something yeah. I love. Yeah. Well, even if you have found something you love, it will still evolve, right? What mm-hmm. you love at 25 might be different at 30. I'm not saying you'll change industry, but that you have to allow yourself to adapt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a side note. But to answer your question, then I would, this is why I talked about these transferable skills. You can build some And specifically, tech skills are extremely useful because in the future, obviously, we're just going to have more technology. And I write, I have an article on this on my blog, which walks through six different transferable skills that you can master. Oh, awesome. Uh, And I recommend mastering two. You master two, you get good at them, and you get good at them by selling these skills online, right? We're talking about making money online as a side Mm -hmm. income. This is pretty much what I did when I was starting out, you know, internships, they don't pay you anything. You have to figure out how to do it yourself. So I was in a similar situation and I thought, okay, I need to make some extra money online. I'm not going to work crazy hours. It's just some extra money online so I can continue doing this internship, which is building my skills portfolio, et cetera. So I mentioned them before, these skills, translation, teaching, programming, digital marketing, design, and writing. These are just six. There's more. These are just ideas. So focus on two of these skills, get good at them, and then find clients uh, online to sell these services to. It depends on on every person. You said your guy is programming. There's, I'm sure there's a way he can uh, sell his skills online to someone who, who whether it's website design or, mm-hmm. or something else. But these are extremely useful, these skills, because if you ever find, you know, that you uh, you've been let go of your job or if you... I don't know, you find yourself in a position where you're not making any money. Mm-hmm. Having these skills is like a cushion. You know, it's it's some kind of, they're just there to help you out. You know, you have this confidence suddenly. You know, you'll always be able to make money. So these skills, I, I find them, that they're very useful to have, whether it's to make an extra income, mm-hmm. it's to build your portfolio, it's just to give you the confidence to know that you can always find clients. Yeah, but it's so very that's, interesting. That's uh, if I look back at myself, um, you know, when I was 22, I mean, um, I started my career at 25, you know, I was always in the impression, okay, I have to work hard. I have to uh, work long hours and uh, okay, the, the skills will come, the experience will come and then I will climb up the corporate ladder. Okay, it, it works at uh, to a point, but I never had this. I mean, when I was that age, I, I didn't think of exploring, you know, like building this portfolio of skills. I mean, yeah. a little bit, I had this idea, but I didn't really... I mean, it was not crystal clear to me that I should build this, you know? So it's very interesting to hear that because I, I didn't grow up or I, I didn't, it was not uh, ingrained 
in me to to uh, expand uh, the, those skills. So that's very good to hear. Exactly, yeah. and it's and it's it's terrible because no one tells us this, right? You you finish high school at 18, and everyone says you need to go to university. Mm-hmm. But really, should I? I mean, I'm about to commit four years of my life, energy, and money to something that I'm not sure if I want to. I, I don't know. I'm 18. How am I supposed to know what I want to do? You yeah, know. Yeah. So I found myself exactly in this position at 18. I was like, I don't know what I want to do. And I was just extremely lucky that my parents didn't force me. They were like, okay, chill, do whatever you want. They trusted me. So I did. I explored. I, I worked in China for a bit. I worked abroad. I I did my own thing. And I, real, I applied to university several times, mm-hmm. didn't get in. And then I decided that university was not for me and I'd rather uh, go in my own direction. But that's just because... I was given the opportunity to explore. I think every 18-year-old, and my brother is exactly, he's 18 right now, and I tell him, and every 18-year-old should should understand that at 18, you want to be exploring, not committing. Mm-hmm. You're just starting out in life. You want to be exploring as many different things. Okay, maybe that's not the right wording. Not as many different things. because yeah. You're spreading yourself thin, but being clever about it and exploring and building that career capital at the same time. And so maybe that involves university and maybe it doesn't. And if it doesn't, that's absolutely fine because mm-hmm. nowadays you don't always need a degree to do uh, what you want. Yeah, in, in that sense uh, as well, it is. Um, I mean, I went to university and I'm very happy about uh, my experience there. So that there's no uh, problem there. But I also choose uh, management and uh, economics and finance which would still allow me to explore different industries and areas. So in that mm-hmm. sense, I'm happy about it. It's just that I didn't have the the mindset of building additional skills once I started my career. So like the programmer who wants to develop, I didn't have this. And that I missed a little bit, which I'm, mm. of course, uh, doing. I have started doing this a bit later on. So that's that's great. Uh, and anyway, um, Araminta, I also saw that you are a host of a podcast show. Can you tell us a, a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Financial Independence Europe mm-hmm. is uh, our, our podcast. We just started over a year and a half ago. Uh, and it was, I eventually, through this blog, it was just purely personal finance, financially mm-hmm. meant. And then I stumbled on the financial independence world, as I think many other people do. Mm-hmm. I went to a lot of meetups and I met two these two guys, a German and a Dutch. And we started, we said, yeah, there's no one talking about financial independence in Europe. So let's start a podcast about it. And uh, we just started interviewing people. It was a lot of fun. And we still publish every single week. Earlier this year, we had a four day retreat slash conference in Portugal. We had 25 financial independence nerds join us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were, you know, doing conferences, but also masterminds and and then surfing in the afternoon and touristing. It was, it was quite fun. So yeah, the podcast is, yeah, I'm, I'm not so into the financial dependence world anymore because I'm, as I said before, a big believer in finding that career that fits you best instead mm-hmm. of, you know, uh, going to whatever job, making as much money as you can, saving as much money as you can to then retire early, right? I'm, I feel that if you have the opportunity to find a career that, that really fulfills you, then go for that. But obviously I'm talking from the experience of a 20 year old, not someone who has, you know, much more experience in their career. So this is, again, just my theory, right? Okay. I'm not saying this is... No, but it's very interesting. Uh, and uh, Araminta, I will just end uh, with one question. Uh, I hope it's not too personal, uh, but we are here on a personal finance uh, blog, uh, podcast, actually. Uh, still need to get used to this uh, thing. Um, <laughs> what? So now, okay, you have uh, had a great journey. You're sharing your insights. 
But what about yourself? Uh, are you, um, how do you manage your money today? Do you, in, you, I guess you still apply this, this uh, um, pay yourself first, but what about how, your investments? How do you invest your money or how do you set up yourself for the future? Yes, yeah, so I am based, I'm self-employed in the UK. Uh, I'm a freelancer and I have several clients that pay me at several times during the month. Mm -hmm. So the minute, whether they're giving me 100 euros or 500 euros, the minute I get that, I take out 15% okay. and I put this away in mm -hmm. uh, in savings. These savings, I'm rebuilding my emergency fund because I had to take out some, sadly. <laughs> rebuilding my emergency fund and then I have some investments in index funds, ETFs, you know, the usual in Vanguard. And that's in there for retirement or maybe house eventually, okay, so but I don't mainly, touch that. Okay, so mainly kind of, not brainless, but I mean like... Uh, a good investing in in low cost index funds. Yeah, yeah. This is the you know traditional typical stuff of the FI community, right? ETFs, mm -hmm. index funds. It's what works best. I don't want to get my head too much into it. And, yeah, that, that's uh, a good way because then you're uh, for the listeners. You then you're putting your money in a diversified portfolio, which um, yeah, which has shown historical growth about of about what seven eight percent. Mm -hmm. Yearly, it's not a guarantee, of course, but it is rather safe while still risky, and it's a good way to to put your money and not think about it. You know, it's diversified; it will absorb. It, it you will you will see it go down, you will see it go up, but on the long haul, it should go up. Yes, uh, we're betting on the economy, right? The yeah. stock market is mm -hmm. the economy of the world, so ish, it will only go up. Uh, and this is not money for emergencies. It's not money that I need right now. It's money for the future. For the future. I don't really touch yeah. it. Yes. Uh, just a, then a really practical to the point question, because you're based in uh, currently in Malaysia. You have your company in UK. Do you have a broker in um, in the UK or somewhere else? Yes, that's the thing. Uh, the UK has some amazing uh, op opportunities as mm -hmm. an investor. Any British will uh, know what I'm talking about, the ISA, Individual Savings Account, which is why I am extremely interested in staying as a tax resident in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so ISA basically allows you to invest £20,000 every single year tax-free. And I'm using that, basically. And the broker, yeah, is Vanguard UK. Mm -hmm. So I know Vanguard does not have... Uh, an EU version, so you have to go through another broker. Yeah. But Vanguard does have a UK version, so I'm investing directly through them. It means I can only buy Vanguard funds, which is a shame. But as I said, I'm not very, uh, you know, I'm just buying the same fund every time. I don't really try and stock pick or anything, so I'd, I'm okay with that. Yeah, no, but that's fine. That's uh, that's great. I like that. Okay, well, Araminta, uh, well, thank you for your, all your insight. I think it's, it was very valuable. And I really appreciate your unique views on uh, on making money in your uh, 20s or maybe even later, uh, your views, your long-term views and the, um, I mean, how, how you should build your uh, your career, uh, the portfolio, what was it? The portfolio, the network and the skills? Yeah, exactly. Portfolio, skills and connections. And, connections. I, and I want yeah. to say that this is not my... Uh, or like I did not create this idea. It's from the 80,000 Hours organization, which I extremely, super highly recommend. Everyone check it out. They have some amazing advice there. I just took it from them and kind of adapted it and paraphrased it. But yeah, it's from them. It's really great advice. Okay, very good, very good. So what I, what I will do, I will link everything anyway in the show notes. And you sure. can reach out to Araminta. And uh, how can they find you? Uh, social media, your website, financiallymin.com. Yeah, I'm everywhere uh, on social media, Twitter. I like 
Twitter most to be contacted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, if not, yes, you can contact me on the contact me page in on the Financially Mint website. Okay, I'll link it all up so then you can uh, contact Araminta and uh, read her great articles. Yeah, so Araminta, thank you. I wish you a pleasant day further and then uh, we'll speak next time. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. Hey, Matthias, do you think there are no Financial Independence Facebook groups yet? Yes, there's definitely a shortage in Financial Independence Facebook groups. That's why we want to create another one. And the real reason is that we want to get some feedback on our episodes to have a conversation with our listeners, um, to follow on the topics. And you might also have some questions around our content. Gotcha. And also, we've been talking with more of you guys at meetups, on Reddits, in Facebook groups, the Five Europe retreat, obviously, we organized. And this is, in the end, the main reason why we started the whole podcast project, to talk to guys like you, uh, learn more from you, case studies, answer questions, and, like, hopefully all grow and learn from that together in the end and become stronger, smarter, and hopefully also richer people. So, you know, Matthias, say I'm interested in this. Where do I find this Facebook group? Yeah, just go to your Facebook app and type in FI Europe Podcast or just click in our show notes. There's a link for the Facebook group or go to our website. There's also a link. So yeah, just type in FI Europe Podcast. See you in the group. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. We hope you learned something new and enjoyed the show. You can support us by doing this. Subscribing through your favorite podcast program and leaving us a review. Following us on Instagram and Twitter at Financial Independence Europe. Sending us an email with questions and feedback. We would love to hear from you. All the mentioned articles, books and cool resources can be found in the show notes at financial-independence.eu. Thank you for listening and see you next time.